You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? gentlemen we have a special episode of imagine if this week uh we were talking phoenix comic-con and rebirth so uh no challenge no uh real um character 101 just talk about what uh you, you you're liking and not liking about rebirth and then We'll get into what we saw at Phoenix Comic Con. Just some dudes talking comics, huh? <laughs> Just some dudes talking comics. So, what if I challenge all of the character 101s? <laughs> all of them? Yeah. How? Explain. Nope. Just a general challenge. <laughs> you you challenge their validity? <laughs> yes. Ah. And I their s- honor. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it'll be an easy round. <laughs> it, will, it will be pistols at five and. I will Damn kill you. <laughs> Pistols. I'm never prepared for that one. <laughs> um, and so, as he's already spoken with us today, we have Chris Jeetsy. What? <laughs> right? How'd you get here? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Chris Jeetsy, and then with me as always is uh, Chris Franey. Hey, everybody. And I am Mitch. So, we have a lot to talk about. I Stuff and things. And stuff things life <laughs> life in the rebirth which sounds kind of weird i think it sounds amazing <laughs> I, I don't know I'm, I'm totally happy with rebirth so 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 this is the third week it's out i was until this week yes third week so let, let's hear it what, what what issues did we have come out this week of rebirth all right so we had aquaman rebirth number one wonder woman rebirth number one and Flash Rebirth, number one. And then, of course, there were some titles that got back on track. Uh, we have Action Comics. Uh, it went from issue 52 all the way up to issue 957. <laughs> that was a quick 955 issues, but uh, all, all worth reading. Um, but no, Super Action Comics and Detective Comics, which came in at issue 934. They're back at their original numbering, taking all the way from issue one and including the new 52 numbers. So we're on the way to the 1,000s. Why they ever reset those numberings is beyond me. Because it's just so frustrating. It's because people love to get number ones. It's true. <laughs> but fuck them. Make new titles yeah, if they're no, going to do that. Hey, hey, I'm right there with you. It's, it's a cheap marketing ploy. That way there are 138 different number ones of whatever title. Good and God. then you could be like, hey... We also have 139 issues of this comic book, so now we're on issue 150, and it's an anniversary, but this book just had number one yep. three months ago. Oh, Silver Surfer just copped that. Um, Silver Surfer just put out its 200th issue, and it was like, but isn't this issue 18 of the new series? And you know what's funny? And this is what drives me up a wall, because they sit there and say, oh, well, we don't want the fans to be con- we confused or be intimidated when they see 957. 
I think fans are going to be more confused and intimidated when they walk into a store and there's five issue number twos yep. and then there's one issue number three. Which exactly. issue number two do I buy? Because which volume does it go in? You know what they should do? This is a crazy thought. I don't care for it because I'd rather read my numbers normally. But if we have to, because they keep mentioning TV. Oh, well, people want their seasons and stuff like that. Fine. One, zero, one. One zero two, and then two zero one, two zero two, and you put it through. That way, it starts off with a volume, and it goes to a number. You know, because it's getting ridiculous. Because actually, uh, in comic book news, and this has been the big thing, and I would say honestly, I think this is due to the success of Rebirth. Uh, Marvel put out their promotion, Marvel Now, and Marvel Now, if you remember, was basically their response to DC New Fifty Two. Right. And this time, the now part of the logo is shattered and broken, kind of like Avengers Disassembled when they did that. Right. So who knows what's going to be happening. Um, you're supposed to be reading Civil War Two, and Issue 3 is going to have some major fallout. Uh, it'll actually have a variant cover released by Joe Quesada. So obviously that's something big because he doesn't draw unless he has to. Um, so that's going to be a big issue. They're doing a midnight release party, and they're going to release their big um, Marvel previews, which is going to have all the new Marvel Now books. But, again, I'm, I'm kind of disenfranchised with the Marvel side of stuff because it's number one, number one, number one, number one. I mean, Captain America, I think we're currently on volume seven. So there's at least five number ones out there for Steve Rogers. <laughs> and, I mean, as a person who collected comic books in the past, I collected them just because I liked the reading the story. I didn't ever really cared about uh, what runs they were, what number they were. Um if I saw a number that was like Superman number six six hundred, to me that was more like, hey, I should go back and try and figure out what you know some of these other numbers are, what other good numbers are. Yeah. But then you also get you know as a you know person that read comic books and and was very uh, vocal about reading comic books to coworkers or classmates and stuff like that, you always get that one person who didn't collect comic books, but someone gave them one. When they were younger, and they're like, I have a number one of, uh, you know, Wolverine, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, it, that's worth money, right? And yeah, like, Wolverine, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, man, no, I mean, <laughs> no, hey, don't get me, don't, don't act like that's a surprise. There probably is a comic book called Wolverine, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. They're currently <laughs> working on it. <laughs> I mean, he, he shows up with the power pack, right? It's true. <laughs> Wolverine in the power pack. He's the official leader of the power pack. <laughs> So I mean, you, you get that one person, and, you're, and they're like, "Oh, it's worth money, right? I can I can turn this into one." There's only like a few comic books that are actually worth money. It's true. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, it kind of you and I were in a partial conversation with that today with some other people, and they were talking about you know people getting in and like, well, which comics do you want to buy? Like when you like that's always a big question that a lot of people throw to us. Well, what comics would you recommend to people? I recommend stories that you're going to love. I don't recommend stories, oh, we'll buy this one because that's the expected one to go up in volume. I'm going ex- to recommend DC Rebirth number one. Why? Because it was a great comic. That's a comic I'm going to cherish. Yeah, right now it's a hot comic. You know, what was I think over at Phoenix Comic Con, one guy was selling them like 6 six to $12 an issue. Fuck and they, that They guy. sold out. They actually they did good. <laughs> and exactly, that's where I feel as a fan. I'm kind of like, so you went to a store, bought out Son all the prices. Son of a bitch is the reason why and, I couldn't get an issue. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and that's what I'm like. That's the that's the shitty hoarder part. 
you know and it's like that's what ruins any type of fun with any type of hobby so it's like no always buy stuff because you love it but unfortunately the big two they're notorious for doing this issue number one issue number one right. issue number one foil cover <laughs> did we not learn anything from the 90s let's bring the foil covers back fuck it just steer right into the curve <laughs> foil covers were awesome <laughs> no there were some cool ones. But like, they- you gotta admit like remember x-men fatal attractions i don't know if you guys got to read those comics uh, but when you got the comics, like it would have like crazy artwork on the front and back. It was a cardstock cover, and it would have like a little three D card that would pop yeah. out, like a, a cable or havoc. And it was like that actually looked pretty cool, you know. But do that on special events, special issues. Nowadays, everything is special. And it's like no man, which makes nothing <laughs> special. Yeah. Like, Thank you, issue. Incredibles. <laughs> <laughs> this issue, Wolverine takes a dump. You know, scratch and sniff. <laughs> Hey, it's an adamantium dump. Thank yeah, you very no much. <laughs> no, I mean, the shavings. but the, that was the thing: is the foil covers cost more to make, so then thus the comics became more to buy, just so that they could make the, the profit. And then guess, and then the market collapsed. <laughs> yeah, just yep. like the housing market. Yep. Comic books did it first. <laughs> That's right. You know, comics should teach us a lot. The like, house of ideas what's going on in collapsed comics. first. Yeah. Well, he should. People should watch comics because it's like, if you think about it, what was it, uh, Dr. Wortham? He was the one who basically kind of came after the comic book creators, like, oh, communist and stuff like that. And then what happened in Hollywood? The Big Red Scare. The Big Red Scare. There you go. So, getting back to Rebirth, we had Aquaman. Let's talk about before this week. All right. What what have you liked so far? Uh, My favorite of... Okay. So, my favorite of the Rebirth books is the one that kicked it off, Rebirth. Okay. After that, though, it's been Green Arrow Rebirth number one. Very that interesting. One. That was a great book. Yeah. I'm not even that big of a fan of Green Arrow. You're not. But that was a badass book. <laughs> Let's see. Um, obviously, yeah, I, I feel the same way. That week that it, 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 it all... Actually, that week that DC Rebirth came out, that was a great run of books. Um, <clears throat> you Batman had Superman, one. Lois, and Clark number eight, where basically John Jonathan Kent finally gets his costume. I was like, all right, that's cool. Um, you know, you can see the legacy is going to continue on for Superman. Uh, Justice League 50, the f- crazy explosive conclusion to ju- uh, the Dark Side War. Um, Superman New 50, t- or Action Comics number 52, where they, they killed off the new 52 Superman, which was actually kind of a sad issue. Um, that was a run of books where they, they made it an eight-part story. I think they could have done it in four, made it a little bit tighter so the issues had more weight. And then, obviously, DC Rebirth number one, which was just a beautiful story. Like, you, the characters had emotion. And it's interesting because spinning out of that, yeah, like, you can tell the writer for Green Arrow, like, when he sat down with Jeff, I'm guessing, he, like, was sold. He was like, all right, because you feel character there. Um, <clears throat> like, Superman Rebirth, when that issue came out, it felt like a filler issue. You know, like, for it being Rebirth, that felt like a good zero issue, not a good Rebirth <laughs> issue. I didn't feel right. anything like... You know, like in that in that book, we should have seen, you know, Clark Kent put on the new Superman costume because this week he did it in action. Mm. And it's you know, that's a big moment because it's a brand new costume. It's the start of something new that should have been in last week's rebirth, Superman rebirth. Um, And I felt the same way about uh, Batman rebirth. Number one, like Batman rebirth. Number one and Superman rebirth. Number one were almost the same book to me. Yeah. No, like they were just, they were just setting up shit. Yeah, they were they were fillers. Uh, Green Lanterns number one was actually pretty fun um, because you, you basically like 
it starts off. There's going to be a tenth ring, you know. Right. Because so right like, now there's okay, nine. Yeah, you got there's the whole Roy G B in black and white. Black and white. And so that puts us at nine. So we're going to get a tenth ring, some kind of I don't know rainbow ring or something with a crazy symbol. Well, don't um, we have gray? Gray lanterns? No, we don't have gray lanterns. Oh. So. Was that just a meme that I saw? Probably. <laughs> I know there's one guy no who keeps idea. advocating for the brown lanterns, and if you look <laughs> at the symbol, it looks like a toilet. <laughs> so oh, I mean, I don't know what what would the silver silver ring? I have no idea. Yeah. He opens a box and a rainbow. Pretty is much, yeah. Like you out see the it, whole basically. spectrum in coherence, and it almost looks like a parallax sign with a couple of little like tweaks in it. So. Uh, that, that's going to be something that you'll follow up with the Green Lanterns book. But I, I thought it was good. Like, I actually... Who's the person? It's some... the, the, it was one of the, the old Guardians, the ones that were locked up. I don't think you were... This was around the end of... This was around the, at the end of John's run on Green Lantern. And so, basically, we had... Um, <coughs> you discovered that it was Volthum, the first Lantern. And this is all part of the first lantern. So he was locked up in this like crazy looking lantern bottle looking thing. And while he was trapped in there, there was like another set of guardians. And they were very like tribal looking and stuff like that. You know, very nomadic clothes and stuff like that. And so once Volthum gets free, he's kind of going through each character and like, you know, looking at the full spectrum of their life and just kind of manipulating their emotions on it. And the current guardians of the universe... They're just power mad dicks, and they're starting to lose touch with their emotions to the point where they are possessed. So that's why Sinestro, as Parallax, is like, screw this. He just kills them all, except for Ganthlet and Saeed. Or Saeed? Saeed. 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 S-A-Y-D. You're talking about... The female guardian? Yeah, yeah. I always thought it was Saeed. Saeed. Okay. Saeed. So, you know, those two were, they were hinting at them being lovers. So he spares them, but he banishes them. He's like, I never want to see you again. If I see you, I'll kill you. So they run off. And then Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps are like, well, all right, you old-timey-looking guardians, you're our guardians now. So there you go. So we see one of them. He's being run out by, was it the Kund? It was one of the one of the various D, or the, the dominators. dominators. Yeah, he was being run out by the Dominators, and they were um, you know, just hunting him down, and he's got that box and basically opens it and unleashes this you know this new force out there. So if it's a if a, if it's a rainbow shooting out of the box, you think maybe it's a ring that can tap into any type, any color lantern. Well, see now that's the tough part because that's Kyle. Which yeah, it, that's Kyle exactly is, what I thought. I was like, they already had that yeah. with the White Lanterns and the fucking uh, Compassion Tribe. That's true. The Compassion yeah. Tribe can they channel? They channel it. So you know <clears throat> that's that's one of those things where it's because. All right, I know we all read Blackest Night. I, I don't know if you got to read where you finally discover the whole secret of the Indigo tribe, where it's like basically they were bad people right. and the Indigos are reforming yeah. them. So it's like, well, why did they pick Ray Palmer? Yeah. You know, because you're kind of <laughs> looking at it. It's like, but it wasn't Ray's fault. It was, you know, Gene's fault, if well, anything. He married her, so. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, it's he, his fault. He made his decision. <laughs> you bet it a psycho. <laughs> Jeez, my ring's coming soon. <laughs> um, 
but you know, but anyway, so it, you know, obviously things change. You know, it's a running comic book, and now we're to a point where we have various writers. But anyways, going back to that book was great because it, it gave good characteristics to Simon. I actually was interested in his story for once because Simon, like, they rushed him out there, and they're like, "Hey, we got this new Green Lantern. Hey, he's controversial," and then he just poofed and vanished. Mm-hmm. And then okay, well now here's Jessica Cruz. Hey, she's powering. Hey, she's a villain. Poof, and then she kind of vanished. Luckily, she got revived in the Justice League book, and then, you know, with this one. And Green Lantern's technically, right now, that's the last Jeff Johns DC comic book. Mm-hmm. So he, he, him and Sam Humphreys, they had a hand in that book. And basically, those two, Simon and Jessica, they're assigned Earth. So Hal Jordan has them fight a fake, uh, fake manhunter in yeah. the Arizona desert just down the street from See, us. See, <laughs> I, was, I was liking that book until Hal showed up. Get out of here. <laughs> I can hear more. <laughs> like, Where's Kyle? <laughs> Apparently he's able to Nowhere tap to be found. Lantern ring being I remember cool that somewhere. DC Rebirth poster. <laughs> Saw John, Guy, Hal. He's not a Green Lantern Simon anymore. Jessica. He is oh, all powerful uh, somewhere else. Kyle was bombing around with the Omega Men. God. Boom. Yeah, have you read any of that? Of course not. Boom. <laughs> you wait till you read it. You're going to be like, where the hell did this character come from? I need to read that because it sounds interesting. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I was I was really digging the book until fucking Hal Jordan showed up. Because one, his art just looks fucking weird. Like, that was he's, Ethan Van Scriver. I know. But my God, like it clashes so bad with so the rest the of the colorist? book. I'm no, not even it was, sure. It's the pencils. Yeah, I, I like EVS. I think he's great, but his art, like, actually, if you go back, he doesn't even look human. Yeah, in he, he's various... very drawn differently. Um, go back and go back and look at Rebirth, and you, uh, if I remember correctly, I don't think Ethan Van Scriver did a chapter by himself. Yeah. I think he had other people like doing his art with him. So I don't. I hope he's okay. I I don't know if maybe they they pulled him in last minute, being like, "Hey, you and I did this book. Can you jump in on it with me?" Right. But it it doesn't look like the typical <coughs> EVS that we've been spoiled with. Yeah. Uh, plus, Hal's just like a dick. <laughs> like no, he's, no, he's normally, awesome. Hal is kind of a dick, but he has reasons. This is. Just coming off straight, like usually he's. I felt like doing this because fuck you guys. He's usually a charming dick. He's kind of like Robert yeah, Downey Jr. Exactly. He's I just, don't know. I saw why he did it because I mean it's like okay, he's gonna because if you're reading like all the Green Lantern, like uh, have you guys read Green Lantern Lost Army or Green Lantern uh, Edge of Oblivion? Yes, I had those right there on my Kindle. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, so you know exactly <laughs> no. what I'm talking about. <laughs> no. Enough said. <laughs> no, but honestly, had they switched it out with Hal or switched Hal out with uh, Guy, would have been perfectly fine. And it should have would have accepted it yeah. completely. No, actually, you know what they should have done? It should have been Guy and Hal. Those should have been yeah. the two characters because that would have made sense. Guy has the connection to Simon because when Guy was leader of the Red Lantern Corps. He was the only one who would allow Simon to be the Green Lantern of Earth because the Red Lanterns were like, well, we don't have Yasmult and Guy Gardner was in charge. So he's like, "Okay, Earth is our home and you're the only Green Lantern, Simon. And that's how that went about. (laughs) Yeah. How does Guy just get to make decisions? I mean, he killed Atrocitus. No, I understand that he's the leader of the Red the Red Lanterns. But like, why would he get to make decisions of who's the Green Lantern of Earth? 
Because the Green Lanterns are so shattered. Oh. Um, well, because basically, okay, so once Jeff left the book with issue 20, issue 21, we got this new writer, Robert Van Didi, I think. And uh, the book sucked after that. I mean, like, I, it's all your fault, Robert. No, it is. Honestly, it is. Like, sorry, dude. Um, but it is. I mean, like, you would have these big, long, epic stories, right? Uh, the first one was the one that led us to, like, DC's version of Galactus with the villain relic. Okay, cool. Seems interesting. 20 part stories, right? Because you're bleeding this book across Green Lantern, uh, Green Lantern Corps, Green Lantern New Guardians. And I think it was, and the Red Lanterns. And then there was the Sinestro book. So technically you had like five books going on at once. And these stories got so convoluted and it's going through five people's hands that there was so much disconnect and they would just abruptly end. Like, oh, here we go. We're ending this. And the final straw was when they did Green Lantern Godhead. So that was basically the Green Lantern Corps finally meets the new, uh, the, the, gar, the, new, the new gods, Darkseid and, and all those people. And it was just so, it was so bland. It was such a bland story. So after that, they just don't know what they're doing. And all the Green Lantern books got cut. Right now, all we have is Green Lantern. And then the Green Lantern cores get featured in little special books. The first one was the Green Lantern and the Lost Army, a six-issue mini, which was actually pretty good. And then the next one was Green Lantern Edge of Oblivion, which, if I remember correctly, I think just wrapped up today. Or it's issue five of six. Which is tough because it's like, well, there's no sense reading the book because... Green Lantern spoils it. We know the GLC is out there. And basically, the GLC has been wiped out. They're sent off in another parallel dimension. They're working with um, Corona to try to figure out what's going on. And they know they can't trust Corona because he's the one who unleashed the antimatter, which caused the whole crisis and all that fun stuff. Uh, the Sinestro Corps, they're the, basically the new GLC of the universe. So everything's crazy. It's all muffled. And then for some reason, the Red Lanterns just vanished. You know, Guy Gardner woke up and it's like, oh, I have a red and a Green Lantern ring and I'm not here with the Red Lanterns. And in the Green Lantern book, the Green Lanterns book, they're setting it up for Red Dawn, which will be the next big story. But it's like, well, wait, when did Atrocitus come back? How did, yeah. how did this happen? So there is there's a lot of disconnect, but I, I do believe in Sam Life Humphreys. Life model decoys. Right. If only. <laughs> uh, I do believe in Sam Humphreys. He's a good writer. He's, he's done some Marvel stuff. Uh, he's basically he, he wrote Star-Lord. So that's Hal Jordan. So it's like, okay, cool. But he's not going to have the Hal Jordan character, which will be interesting. Um, but, I mean, I, I get why Hal was there because Hal's basically like, look, I'm leaving Earth with you two rookies. I need to know you can take care of it. I need to know, like, can you work together? Can you function together? Because And then Jessica I'm gone. punched him in the face and said, shut the fuck up, right? Because that's her character. It was uh, similar. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, nothing even close to that happened. <laughs> she's, she's more actually she is definitely a student of Hal because he helped her through the whole power ring thing. right so she's totally like you know like Hal I trust you but not this weird Simon guy you know? <laughs> so it, it kind of left it up in the air and it, it's definitely you know the book where you're planting seeds where it's like okay where's this going to lead I, I felt it was a good read could it have been better yeah did it did it have the magic of those two writers present not really you know, the art was a little off because, yeah, you're right. When when the Hal Jordan part came, it's kind of like his head seems a little off. His face seems a little yeah, weird. Yeah, he looks very you know? fucking bird-like. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, well, no. they're, they're setting it up so that Edward Norton can play him in the movie. <laughs> That's not, you would have to go, like, 
fucking uh ah, what's his name DJ adrian Qualls? adrian brody adrian brody well, yeah so there you go you yeah. just but even it. that's not even close <laughs> enough to that's not even birds like enough <laughs> so okay then that's that's what's going on with the green lantern um you know I, i'm a i'm a fan of green lantern but yet i have not read a green lantern in a while uh, Green Arrow is another character that I like, but yes. both of you seem to agree that that book is going really well. Yeah, well, we're getting yeah. something back that Green Arrow hasn't had. Black Canary. You know, they're, they're putting that part and of the... him caring about people on the streets. Yeah, that's true, too. You know, he's been, like, he's a social crusader. And if you don't have that part of the book, then you don't have Green Arrow. So, what was he like... In New Fifty Two, then that that had had him stray away for for so long from the character that we we remember him as, or he, I remember him as. He was more like a Ted Cord or a or a, a Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he was. Yeah, the, like all he, of a sudden it's like, oh, that's right, Ollie Queen. You forgot he was a great inventor and a great engineer. Not really. I mean, he, yeah, yes. When he was created, well, co-created by Jack Kirby back in the day, yeah, he was a Batman ripoff with the Arrow Cave and the the, the Arrow, the Arrow Punch and all that. <laughs> but yeah, this this book took away his street savvy, his street smarts, and like it put him in high rise buildings with tuxedos, <laughs> and you're kind of like, that's not the Ollie I want to read about. You know, that's that's far well. Off see, things. like I always thought of Ollie. I never thought of him as a Robin Hood. Like, like when I read him, I always thought of him more of a an American James Bond. Like, well, then you would have liked no, the no, new Fifty Two yeah, version. Liked I, I'm not saying no. I'm not saying that I, I don't want the I don't want the version of him that's all class and swank. But like, he like his. Well, he had mutton chops, so I mean. Oh, I love I do love mutton chops. So <laughs> no, I, I, I trade paperback be, sales went up. This is weird. He can't be all class and swank with <laughs> the mutton chops. I I like the idea that Ollie is the the character that Batman plays when he's being the playboy Bat, uh, Bruce Wayne. Like he, okay, but he but he gets down to business. Like he knows how to fight he knows how to to beat get in the street and he knows uh to stand up for the little guy but like oliver queen still is the playboy like there's right. no there's no there's no mask there like oliver yeah. queen is a playboy i think you get that a lot better with rebirth number one okay with green arrow rebirth number one what um so i think what i saw a lot with New 52, Ollie, was uh, influenced from the TV shows. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was a so. lot like Oliver Queen in Arrow, but, like, exaggerated. Like, comic book exaggerated. Okay. So, like, he had this team that he went to for all of his gadgets and shit. <laughs> and he was just like, yeah, I'm the one out there doing stuff, but really you guys are the ones that are doing the hero work like i'm just kind of the face of the hero he's work. just the tool yeah exactly <laughs> so then they've changed him back to be more of a lone ranger yes cool because i like that better yeah because I, I was gonna say i think when you discovered ollie it was probably around the kevin smith time yeah i mean i was reading i was reading uh that's when i discovered ollie yes because i was reading green arrow when it was connor hawk before that yeah and uh, and that led up to um, 
Ollie coming back in Quiver. Yeah. And honestly, and that, that's, I'm glad you brought up that character. That needs to be one of those characters who's MIA that we forgot about because it's like, <laughs> hey, that's kind of a very vital character of the DCU. He was the next generation. If we're talking about rebirth and legacies, then yeah. I mean, that's obviously the the next there. step of Green Green Arrow would be Connor. Or if you want to say, you know, Mia as Speedy or say all Roy <laughs> as, as Speedy or Red Arrow or Arsenal. Yeah. Are, have any of those characters showed up? Not Arsenal yet. has in the Titans Hunt, which will lead to Titans Rebirth. Uh, he's because he actually he survived the New Fifty Two. Um, they kind of pulled him out of the dive because he got really jacked up in Cry for Justice when they right, ripped right. his arm off. And uh-huh. his yeah. So but when he came back in New Fifty Two, he was a kid again, or like he was pretty much young twenties. Maybe he yeah. got reduced like two or three years. Like it's it wasn't like a major. Overhaul of his age. Well, to me, he in the in in Red Hood and the Outlaws, he was he was kind of like it seemed like he was a, a col- like a college freshman. Mm-hmm. He had his baseball cap on and he had his tattoos on his arms and he mm-hmm. was you know. I don't know. I, I thought he seemed the same age wise, but I mean, I could see where you're going with yeah. that. So all right. So Green Arrow. Yes. What's going on? That that's really interesting. All right. So uh, Green Arrow is in Seattle. Because he's an Emerald Knight. Sure. So yes. he's in the Emerald City. Of course. <laughs> uh, he is investigating some disappearances with homeless people. Um, there's a line in there of there have been like 50 reported homeless people missing, missing, which he said in a group of people who under uh, report things. If there's 50, there's got to be like 200 missing. Um, so, yeah, he's there investigating that. He bumps into Black Canary. It doesn't go well at all. Like, they don't get along at all. <laughs> yep, good times. <laughs> but uh, she would, you know, like in the tradition of her character, like to me, she would seem like a, a very conservative character. I mean, I know this is coming from a, a character that wears fishnet stockings and fights in a leotard, but I, I mean, she, her very much seemed like she would be a very conservative character as opposed to his liberal character. Right. So I could see... Well, if, it's good that they clash. It's yeah, is that... that clash. I mean, are they this clashing is, her and clashing this them in that deeper, way? This is deeper, I'd say. You know. No, not really. <laughs> it's more of, she's like, look... You dress up like Robin Hood and try to be out here in the streets, but at the end of the night, you'll go back to your penthouse. So she's she's calling him out on his. Well, yeah, uh, she's like, and that's what she's done. Like she's always called him out on his bullshit because he'll be like, "I'm the social crusader." Oh yeah, is that a temper mac cushion pillow that you're sleeping on? <laughs> well, yeah, because I gotta take care of me. You know, so she always does call him out because he's like, "Oh, I'm a great lover, Ollie. You cheat on Diana, Dinah all the time." You know, so. But I did like that. That was back, like yeah. calling him out on his stuff because nobody does that, and she always did. That's, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that, that, that's a great way to, to counterbalance the whole Playboy act that I was talking about. It was a way yeah. for him to be put in check, um, which before New 52, when I was reading uh, that, it was the Green Arrow, Black Canary book. And, you know, the I mean, it's with the times because he had to grow because time was going. So he had to be more of a family because it was him and Canary and Connor and Mia and they were all kind of fighting crime together and 
and going on adventures, almost like family adventures, but... Uh, We're going on a picnic. <laughs> and that is until Connor is shot <laughs> from a cloud. Still like a picnic. <laughs> but that's cool. I mean, I like the idea the idea that he's uh, he's back to pre-New 52, but why Seattle? Why do you think they decided to drop Star City altogether? I mean, I know why Seattle, because he's supposed to be liberal. Seattle's a very liberal city. Right. Uh, the I, But I just think it's funny that, you know, we have Metropolis, which is supposed to be like a New York or a, D, a Washington, D.C. Well, D.C.'s always done that. Like, let's play in our, our, our own anagrams for cities, if that's the right word. Analogs. Analogs, yeah. Analogs, yeah analogs so why cities. not keep Star City as an analog for, for Seattle instead of just making it Seattle? I, You know, that's... that's well, they a, did mention that he is from star city if i remember correctly so it's he's only in seattle temporarily like because the, he heard that this stuff was going uh, down okay. and i think i think it has something to do with the black canary book i think they with those two characters being separated i think they put her in seattle so i think that's I, i'm not sure because i'm not reading the black canary book right. but i think that's where she was located so it's so kind of like that's where, it's kind of like bart Bart Allen going to San Francisco when he became the Flash. Yeah, and yeah, and Kyle Rayner living in Connecticut or Greenwich instead of well, Coast like, City. Would he? Would he have been Coast City? Well, he he wasn't Coast City. He was California. I think he was actually in Hollywood because he was a freelance artist when he you know, so when the ring got to him. Met him in the but, alley. Yeah, but then once the whole you know once Alex died, he he went to New York and yeah, he was over there. Okay, so. That's very interesting. So, getting to today, then. Now we've got what books came out again? Aquaman Rebirth Aquaman, number one, Wonder Woman, Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman number one, uh, and Flash number Flash one. Flash number yeah. one for the Rebirth specific titles. So, talk about Flash. <coughs> I enjoyed like that was un- right now. That was the only one I got to read. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was. I guess I liked it because it continued with the conversation Bart, or Barry, and Wally were having. And I like it because if you if you look at there's some major splash pages there, mm. and I like that when you were looking at the art, it kind of it had both in there. It had stuff from his original stuff, and it had stuff from his new things. Uh, there were some really neat art touches in there. Like I always remember showcase number four. You know when he, he gets doused in the chemicals, there were no coma. There was no coma. You know it's not like I like oh I was out for several days. He just was like, oh, shoot, I'm, I'm late to meet Iris, or I forgot to eat dinner. So he goes down, tries to catch a cab, runs fast, goes to the diner, the waitress trips, and he just sees the food hanging in midair, and he's kind of like, what? And they, they had that image. And I was like, oh, that's a cool, like, reference. And even when they show him running in, like, the new 52, his pose was very much the first time he wore the Flash costume. I was like, oh, that was awesome. Right. So there's definitely, like, I, I felt good legacy there. Um, when you look at the pinups, there's, there's little bits of the story. So there's there's new stuff there. Unfortunately, they're still going to keep the whole, you know, my dad acu- was accused of murdering my mom, but, you know, I proved them wrong, and now the dad's free. And they are going back to at least where Barry was talking with his dad, which was cool because yeah. that was one thing I liked about, you know, the original Barry was, like, he would, he was one of the few heroes who could, like, go home and have lunch with his parents and was like, yay, I'm not an orphan. Life isn't horrible, you know. And it was, like, awesome. Um, so there was there were some good Barry moments there that harkened back to a Silver Age, and I just I liked the moments with Barry and um, Barry and Wally. Um, then eventually, once they kind of compare notes, and it's like, 
you're going to go do your quest. I'll go do my quest. I did find it funny where Barry was kind of like, I just got you back, but I guess you got to go do this and I got to go do that. And it was kind of like, I don't know, would people do that? Like in these situations, would they be (laughs) so apt to be like, I just got you back. I'll see you later, you know, but (laughs) it was cool how they were like, well, we never say goodbye because we know we'll see each other again. I was like, all right, well, that was cool. So obviously that's going to lead off to go read the Titans rebirth book because it's for Wally's adventure. Barry goes to Batman and they're exploring the whole comedian pin that that definitely left some questions up there, which is going to be exciting to see where it goes. Um, I did like the one moment when Barry was like, God, I'm standing still in the Batcave. This is so boring. And, and he's like, oh, I want to make a joke. But Superman says there's no there's no laughter in the Batcave. So I was like, oh, those are some neat like, human <laughs> moments in the story. So yeah. I, I enjoyed that part. I so. would hate to be known as the guy that's like, no, you're not allowed to laugh in my house. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, I understand he's Batman and. And you're not going to break Batman's rules, but like I can't, I can't imagine that's like on the pamphlet that he gives to the people when they come into the. You see Alfred just awesome. shoot you like a deadpan look and like cuts across his neck, like don't you dare, don't laugh, <laughs> no joke. I mean, that, I could see that as being like a a joke that Dick Grayson like passed on to Superman at one point. Right. <laughs> oh, I could totally. That'd be funny. Like you know, the first time he brought the Teen Titans over, like nobody make any sudden jokes, okay? <laughs> and like Wally's just like. Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> or could you imagine Gar? In yeah, the- <laughs> right. <laughs> Stand outside. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> he throws him into a safe. <laughs> <laughs> How come everybody else is in a soundproof container? <laughs> I can't hear anybody. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, or I mean, is that a commentary on on the Joker? You know, right? No, no jokes in the yep, in the bad game. Not the place to have that. <laughs> So I, I disagree with Franey on this issue. I didn't <laughs> like it. Um, the art didn't fit for me. Like it, it's good art. Don't get me wrong. I just don't like it being in the flash book. It doesn't feel right to me. Who are we talking about? Ah, uh, God, I don't even remember. You know, there's gonna be I didn't a lot recognize of new the name. Faces on this stuff. Um, if they, I, I mean, I understand if you want to keep books on time, you're going to have to use multiple artists because right. usually, I mean, I mean, I, I'm not knocking artists at all, but you know, that's the part that takes longer because writing, yeah. writing is so much easier than, than color or than drawing. Well, I mean, I've been going back and reading the new 52 flash right now and like they were using a ton of artists, but they still kept like the same aesthetic right. with the art. Whereas this is just like a complete departure from like anything that I've seen in a flash book before. Carmine um, the Gear the Minty Men, Minico. Oh, totally yeah. new name for me. Yeah, I didn't recognize <laughs> the name either. Um, but yeah, Barry just kind of looks almost smarmy, like kind of a douchebag in this. Uh, like he's got like feathered hair and he's got like three buttons on his shirt undone and all kinds of stuff and i'm like what the who the fuck is this this isn't barry allen where's the bow tie yeah where's the fucking bow tie the bow tie is just gone it's, now, not, yeah. it's so gone that he opened up three buttons on yeah, his shirt exactly <laughs> well did they ever did they touch on that in the show that he that he never wore a bow tie yeah There's they a, did it with his um his doppelganger his from her too wears yeah. wears one but they've also made kind of slight jokes too like i'm pretty sure in the first season someone gave him a bow tie yeah and he was gonna wear it but he's like nah it's okay like it, it's 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 
It's been it's, it's been said. It's there, but it, it's yeah. not. It's been mentioned, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I get it. It's like uh, you you want to be like. Well, it was oh, a sign it's, of its time. It's a sign yeah. of its times, but you can't sit there and tell me that there aren't uh, crossover fans from Doctor Who that watch The Flash. Yeah, because that's a nerd show. They're, those are nerd shows. They're so both like it's funny because actually bow ties are pretty popular. Yeah, you see a lot of people. Next time you're watching a sports thing, look at the commentators. They're starting to bring back bow ties. ties, Actually, basketball players themselves are wearing bow ties. Mm -hmm. You're seeing a lot of people do that. So I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, here's one of the guys who, like, originated that. (laughs) Why are you not taking it? Because, I mean, how his bomber jacket survived, you know, that totally made the definitely a sign of its times, too. Uh, I wonder if it, I mean, maybe it's a... It's, it's Hashtag weird... bring back the bow ties. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there's something weird about bow ties and how you draw them. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Or maybe just some of these people never read comics from that era. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I mean, I'm pretty sure that people, the people who were drawing and the people who were writing them were, have been comic book fans for, you know, for the longest time, most of their life, too. It's just it's wow. Been, you said that with a straight face. It's I just almost, I almost that, believed it. I mean, it's just because you can't get into comic books if you're not you don't have a passion for them. I would say. I mean, Ooh. maybe you might not have a passion for the particular character you're writing, but or drawing, but you have to have a passion for comic books to get into the industry. Sometimes. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. We'll, we'll we'll agree to disagree on that All one. Right. Um, but I think that it's it's interesting that you know. Uh, that it is something that has been lost from his character because I do think that in more recent history, especially since Flash Rebirth, the the first one, I guess, right. you know, that originally brought back Barry, right. they have tried to uh, modernize him like a lot. Like I get it. I mean, you have to modernize him. It's it's a, it, he died in 1985 during Christ on Earth. Yep. So, or is it 84? 86. 86. Okay. Um, you know, that was a different time and he yeah. was a different character and he's got to oh, be, yeah. he's got to be newer. He's got to be changed. But like there, there are some things to be said for, uh, old school class, I guess, you know, like yeah. there's, there's all kinds of memes and internet stuff and, you know, fashion that fashion has always been cyclical. So it's a thing that, you know, it's just a bow tie. I understand. But I mean, he's. He's still a scientist. He's still a CSI uh, yeah, forensic exactly. scientist. Well, like kinda... they don't necessarily need the bow tie. Just have him be like his mannerisms back to dressed yeah, up. Give us you know, that part of Barry. Like, okay, not necessarily dressed up, but like, well, he always wore dress pants and a tucked yeah, in shirt. And he's... nowadays they show him like blue jeans and untucked shirt. You know, like. Like a new kid fresh out of CSI school. And you're kind of like, really? I get what you're appealing to, but Barry was a clean cut guy. Because they always like, dude, you have a crew cut. Why do you have a crew cut? You could still have a crew cut in today's age. And that's part of what makes Barry, Barry. Which, you know, also brings, you you kind of, is reminiscent of Spider-Man or Peter Parker. You know, Peter Parker was hmm. the the nerdy kid, so he had the he had the t- he was the guy who was wearing the tie at in high school, and he yep. had the sweater vest, and his shirt his his pants were tucked into his slacks, and or his shirts were tucked into his slacks, and <laughs> and he wore loafers just to high school. All that was done to make him look like a nerd, but nowadays he dresses in blue jeans and t shirts, and he doesn't he doesn't. Uh, I mean, he probably would still help an old lady across the street. Oh yeah, but. 
I'm not saying Barry wouldn't, but I don't know. It's just I'll say it. <laughs> Barry wouldn't I don't do think it. this Barry, this Barry would. wouldn't do it. He'd be like, "You walking too slow, lady." <laughs> He'd lift her across the street and then buy her pizza afterwards. <laughs> I don't know. I get what you're saying. I, I think it's interesting. It's 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 a it's a little characteristic that really should be brought back to him. Yeah. But it's it's just not there, which and it, it it almost hurts his character. Right. To to especially to to differentiate. What's the word I'm looking for? Differentiate. Thank you. To to do that between him and Wally. Yeah. And plus um, another art thing. Once I do this, I'm getting off of the art subject. Okay. But <laughs> Barry's wearing fucking Wally's outfit now. Yeah. Like it's yep. straight up just Wally's outfit. Well, once once they went new fifty two, it's like let's take all the cool like the speed force generated costume. Yeah. The the belt that converges in the middle, the yep. shiny fabric, all Wally. Yeah, and oh, that was Wally stuff. Now it's given to Barry, and it's like, oh, that sucks because I like that. Like that was one of the things. Like whenever you saw that red costume, you could either like you you could never trust a colorist because you never know. Right. But you would look at the belt, and if it was a continual loop, you knew that was Barry. Right. If it was two lightning bolts converging at the center, you knew that was Wally. Yep. The cowl eye pieces, all that stuff. Like they were they were subtle little tweaks in the costume. But you knew the difference because you were a fan, and it's gone. I would yeah. say that's that's more than likely a, a result of the TV show, right? Because Barry in the TV show has Wally's outfit, or similar, more or less, yeah. yeah. But um, also the the like earpiece thing, which has almost always been lightning bolts, right? Right. It's just a straight line now. Weird, yeah, that and was it right. looks I that. terrible. I don't like it. It's. That that's that's very familiar. They've done it before, okay. And I didn't like it then either. Yeah. Well, I just I chalk it up not to be mean, but bad art. I would that's say what I would chalk that up. I would, I would say that if you looked at like old school like sixties uh, and seventies uh, World of Tomorrow stuff, you see yeah. robots that have that same type of antenna on the side of their ears. It's just a straight line going back, and yep. that's what I bet you they're trying to invoke. Probably. I don't know, but yeah, it just, it was not. Yeah, because they usually had like, it's always been like a little mercury looking tip or the lightning bolt tips. Yeah. That's what you usually had. And this one was, yeah, it was just these straight up like lines. And I'm like, ooh, I don't know about that. Which like really clashed with Wally being in just his old kid flash uniform. Like (laughs) those two side by side, I was like, God damn it. What are you doing? Why are you fucking up my comic book? I think we should have got the Wally costume there. That would have been cool. They've released it like Brett Bleeding or Breeding. Brett Breeding, I think, is the artist. He does a lot of uh, flash work. His art is beautiful. And he's, I think, I'm pretty sure you credit him with the design of the new Wally costume. Mm. I totally thought we were going to see it. I was like, oh, because they released his artwork. I was like, this is going to be great. Here it's going to come. Oh, yeah, (laughs) because there was a moment where. you shouldn't wear a kid flash costume yeah, because Barry you're a flash. Barry was like, yeah, you don't need to be wearing that anymore. We need to get you a new outfit because you're not kid flash anymore. You're a flash. <laughs> so uh, other than that about the, the issue itself. Just the 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 feeling of the issue felt off to me. Uh, like the little character moments that were there. Like, didn't seem deep enough to me. Like, like in, they didn't fin- feel genuine? Right. Like, um, the big emotional moment of DC Rebirth was Barry and Wally's uh, reunion. Right. Yeah. 
that is totally glanced over on this. Like, yeah. you well, get I, very I surface, like, okay, Wally shows up in front of Barry, says some stuff, and then Barry remembers him and pulls him out. And they hug, and that's pretty much it. Whereas in Rebirth, if you, like, dove into the characters, what they were thinking, and all of this backstory stuff. Yeah, and in this, there was none of that. The one thing I did like, though, one relationship that I thought, again, bringing up the dad, I thought that was kind of cool. They at least had a moment where he was yeah. talking with his dad, and his dad was like, oh, you're just like your mom. And So I thought that was cool. Mm. You know, that was a neat one or two pages. But you're right. There were some pages that could have been chopped in favor of more Barry Wally time. Because that, obviously, that should have been the big emphasis. Because I think that's what's going to hurt some of these Rebirth books. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, they're the launch pads. Those are going to be like, hey, look at this, and then go read the issue number one next to it. you got to do that, but <coughs> make it so it's worth investing. And in some of those cases, they're going to fall flat. We're going to lose those touching moments. Because, obviously, like when they do the Blue Beetle Rebirth, are we going to see a big moment? Or is it going to go back? You know, like, what are they going to give us? And you do. You need that moment where you see why Jaime and Ted meet and why they do what they do. I don't know if we'll get that because I feel like that book will continue with the whole like, okay, Ted, I came by after school. Let's let's go try to get the scarab off my back. And it's like, oh, well, I mean, that's cool for the mystery, but I want to know why. Why are they invested? Is Ted secretly hoping this kid can do good as the Blue Beetle? Does he rally for him or is it kind of like... I don't know. It's just one other little science project. And it's like, well, now if you're treating it like a science project, you lose the legacy that you're trying to get back. Yeah. And, like, I understand why they would want to do, like, broad strokes, very fucking shallow character stuff for these launch pad issues. But I think they shouldn't. I think they should go deeper so that people are intrigued by the character history. And want to go back and find out what the hell is driving these characters to be the way way that they are, which isn't coming across at all to me. And I know that stuff. Yeah, no, that's true. In some of the cases, they they could. Like, it's funny because as much as I kind of knock on the Superman rebirth issue, they did spend a good chunk of time with Clark and Lana, even though they're from two different parallels. Yeah. I thought that was neat. You know, right. I was hoping for more. I was hoping for something else. But if you really do sit down and think about that issue, that was a pretty good conversation. And to me, if that worked for Clark and Lana in the Superman rebirth, that definitely should have been the formula for the Barry Wally in the rebirth book. Yeah. So then real quick, just, you know, on, uh, if you can, mm-hmm. uh, Aquaman 1 and Wonder Woman 1. All right, Aquaman 1. We've got uh, Aquaman... You get the whole spiel of this dude is in charge of two-thirds of the planet. He's king of the world, more or less, but he doesn't feel like it. Or he does feel like it, but he doesn't like lord it over people Okay, kind of thing. He's going out, doing something. We don't find out until later that he's trying to foil uh, an Atlantean terrorist cell that's trying to blow up some eastern i think boston they mentioned oh um interesting yeah uh the atlanteans have built an embassy of sorts on land um i don't remember what it's called it's called spiral something um 
and Mara's in charge of that. She's the ambassador. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, you know, they're there gathering intel and talking with Aquaman as he's coming up on the splinter cell. And, you know, they're like, we should mobilize our army. And Mara's like, no, don't do that. He can handle this. We don't want to cause an international incident. We're trying to, like, make peace with the Drylanders. And uh, <coughs> Aquaman wins, beats down the terrorists and all that stuff. The whole time you're getting narration about who Arthur Curry is and how he's a joke in our society because he talks to fish. But he doesn't actually talk to fish because fish don't have the capacity to talk. Uh, he compels sea creatures and all that. Didn't we get that in Rebirth? Like, yes, in- we did. But we got it a lot <laughs> better. Rebirth, do 52, yeah. Um, and then, you know, we get this moment where uh, Aquaman goes to this seaside diner. And Mara shows up and she's like, oh, I knew I'd find you here because this is where you go to, you know, either celebrate or sulk. Um, and they're sitting there eating and... Aquaman just goes to her and he's like, you you don't have to eat this food if you don't want to. And she's like, no, it's fine. And he's like, no, seriously, like, it's cool. I know that you just put up with this stuff because I like it. And she's like, yeah, that's true. But I mean, like, you're a huge part of my world, so I want to enjoy the things that you enjoy. Even though I don't enjoy them. <laughs> and so, then, so, I mean, the, the idea is that the book... like, Why is it that you're not liking the book off of issue one? Uh, well, so the, the narration ends up being kind of a twist. The whole book is being narrated by Black Manta. Instead of? Instead of somebody. Okay. Um somebody on the good guy's side right um and i totally saw that coming like from a couple pages in okay i was like this is gonna be fucking black manta talking about (laughs) or ocean master talking about aquaman yeah um (coughs) and so it ends up being black manta which i think they made it uh his son so yeah yeah they, they had that yeah, he's Black Manta now, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because he left the whole Aqualad thing to be Black Manta, huh? I think so, because wow, that's a big. Twist. At the end of, once you get to where you find out who is narrating, he's like, "Yeah, but I know that he's a fucking murderer. He killed my dad, and I'm gonna get vengeance for him." Wow, interesting. But I, I mean, that's I but mean, yeah, it's a cool it, little setup, right? And probably, you know, probably we're going to go with the first arc. Yeah. So, it's interesting. Wonder Woman. It just felt a little flat to me. Yeah, I get that. Wonder Woman, I thought, was the best book um, out of these ones this week. Okay. Um, The whole thing was just parsing out Wonder Woman's history. Because it's so contradictory and so convoluted. It is. And they just straight up steer right into that curve. (laughs) So, they're like, okay... This is how it happened. Um, Diana's mom wanted a child so bad that the gods said, 
build one out of clay and you'll have a child. Right. Or she fell in love with a man who fucking uh, was a god and could um, keep up with her on the battlefield and all this stuff. And it ended up being Zeus. Right. And they had a child or children. And then, like, it just goes through all of the different, uh, like, retcons. Right. Until finally, Wonder Woman, like, just straight up puts the lasso of truth on herself and starts asking herself questions about who the fuck she is. And she goes, and (laughs) since you can't lie with the lasso of truth, she's straight up like, everything you know is a lie. See, no, (laughs) no, no, it's not. It's not, like, I've always seen it as a, a lie detector. If yeah. you believe it to be the truth, then it is the truth. I I agree. It's not going to find the truth for you. I agree, but, see, but it is an on, interesting yeah. kind of spin on it. Well, and it's funny because the one Jeetsy's talking about in Rebirth, that's how it was. They changed that in JLA because they played with it like that's how Prometheus got out of it. If I believe it to be the truth, then it's the truth. You know what I mean? So they've kind of changed that. Um, well, it wasn't Woman, just Prometheus. It, it, it was that there was that one story of, well, of there was JLA. several. There were so because then one writer was like, "Oh, that's a good idea." So that'll be my way to get out of that foil and and kind of put the chink in her armor in that sense. And I get it, I see it, but I, I like that they're bringing back the way it was because that's a major part of Diana. You know, like. You know, if she ever put that on somebody, it was a very powerful tool. And that's why a lot of people were like, well, let's dumb it down because it's too powerful. No, I, I think that's cool. I'm glad they're bringing yeah, it Yeah, but then I could, I could, I mean, if I was Wonder Woman, I could throw it onto us, just some random dude and be like, well, what's the secret to life? And he would have to tell me the truth answer. <laughs> I mean, how is he yeah, going to know? Yep. He wouldn't know the answer to the, to the, to the secret of life. Gods and the stuff. Joker, who are you? <laughs> The man just explodes. <laughs> so I like the, I, I, exactly. I like the idea. I, I can see why you might you like the the issue if it, if they're just kind of cutting through the and debunking or or even retconning, you know, her her whole origin because it is convoluted. It is right. very much mixed yeah, up. Because as soon as New Fifty Two came along, that's where they were like Zeus is her dad. Before she was sculpted out of clay on Paradise Island, and she was actually the lost soul of like the first Amazonian woman who was killed by Hercules. And so that's what made her really special in that regard. But obviously, you know, there's going to be change. And it'll be interesting because um, the way the Wonder Woman book's going to work is we're going to have two stories going on at once. Right. Like the odd issues are going to be like dealing with finding her missing twin brother. And then the Eviant issues are going to be like her origin story, her yep. Wonder Woman year one. So it'll be interesting to see, like, will they start involving World War One? I, I wonder, because of the movies. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. I could totally see that happening. Yeah, well, plus, will they even go bolder and be like, no, she's way older than that. Yeah, you I wouldn't know? doubt that either. I would, like, go almost Thor-like, you know? So I uh, I, I, I would love to uh, talk some more, and then I definitely would like to, uh, you know, come back and revisit, you know, maybe in another month or a month and a half to see where everybody's at with Rebirth again. Uh, I did want to get in a few things that I saw at Phoenix Comic Con. Tell us about Comic Con. I mean, no, I mean, I didn't have any big things because there was no, uh, there was no industry, uh, comic book industry people there. There was a lot of, there were a lot of panels that, but it would have been more fan based. It would have been fans of of the comic books that came together to talk and discuss what's going on, basically what we do here. Yeah. Uh, But I did get to go to David Ramsey's. 
spotlight panel, Katie Lotz's spotlight panel, and Alex Hingston's spotlight panel, which all play characters in the DC Universe TV shows. So David Ramsey plays uh, John Diggle on Arrow. Mm-hmm. Very, I think he's a very interesting character. I believe they've now brought him into the comic books, or at least he, he did in New Fifty Two. I think he's been around. I, I know, I know for sure he was New Fifty Two. I don't know if he was pre, but yeah, he's he's a comic book character now. So I don't know if they if they if he's he made the jump to Rebirth or not, but uh, he was in New Fifty Two. Um, he told stories. He's 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 actually a really big comic book fan. Like has been since oh, he was wow. a kid. And it was great. They said, "Who's your favorite comic book character?" He said, "It's one that not not, not a lot of people know. A lot of not a lot of people know, and it's a Marvel character, Moon Knight." And I was like, "That is pretty awesome." He nice. he was all about. Did you Moon stand Knight. up and were like, "Did we just become BFFs?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was like, "No, that you know that's one of his favorite characters." And then he uh, also went on to talking about uh, old X Men stories like the Phoenix Saga and how much he he really liked that story. And it wasn't until he was much older that he got into like Bat- or not much older, but he was older when he got into Batman stories and Superman stories because. He really didn't feel that they were for him, mm-hmm. but he did in, end up enjoying it. So the idea that he uh, was really into Moon Knight, I thought was really cool. And then they talked about, like, uh, in the show, in Arrow, there's an episode in, I want to say season three, when he gets married. Uh, he the, the he was getting married to his former wife, who now becomes his wife again. Mm. And sh- uh, they had Ray Palmer officiating. And they were going to have Ray Palmer say his his name, his full name, John Diggle. But it wasn't going to be John Diggle. Up until the day they filmed it, it was going to be John Diggle Stewart. So ah. the idea is that he was going, wow. he was, he's actually Stewart. supposed to be John Stewart. But then they cut it and they made it John S. Diggle. So that the chance of him wow. still being John Stewart would be there. That is fucking cool. But then right before they filmed it, they even cut that out so it just became God. John Diggle because Damn it. it sounds like a lot of uh, what's going on with, you know, the movies and stuff like that they didn't want to, to which is what happened. Like they they had this whole uh storyline planned out with the Suicide Squad and Harley Quinn which they've had to get rid of. Uh they had Blue to kill <laughs> they had to kill John John or uh, Deadshot off the the TV show because those are characters that are going to be used in the movies and they don't want them to be, they want people to be confused. God damn, <laughs> so he was. What are you doing? He's very. He was. He was. He wasn't upset, but he was vocal about it. Right. But then he also was like, he was talking about how he was so upset that the Fantastic Four movie didn't work out. Like that. It, he's like, that's you know some of his favorite characters that didn't get, didn't get to work. Uh, he was upset that the Batman Superman movie was terrible. Like it was. <laughs> it was awesome. awesome to hear him talking, you know, candidly about this stuff. You know, most people are very. Uh, Quiet well, about this I kind of thing. I work for this company, kind of. So <laughs> yeah. they're pretty cool. Which then, who was also really good about that was Alex Kingston, who plays uh, uh, Black Canary's mom, the Dinah really? Dinah Lance in uh, in Arrow. Holy like, crap! She she doesn't show up that often, but she has showed up. Mm. And she talked about you know how she, it wasn't her first time working with Paul Blackthorne, who plays. Uh, Detective Lance of the show, mm-hmm. and she, uh, you know, he's, she's like, she's he's such a great guy, and she, she was very. I mean, I think this is because of her BBC acting and her being English and stuff, but she was very candid about things. Like she would talk about things that normal, like American actors don't say in fear of not getting a job. So it was, <laughs> it was hilarious. But she's she, like, I have a whole other country that will exactly. <laughs> it's exactly what it was, and she was just like, you know, she, she talked about how. Uh, and this doesn't have to do with comic books, but she would talk about how, uh, you know, uh, 
Matt Smith and Karen Gillian and uh, uh, Arthur, Arthur Darvel were all. Uh, you were there for that one, right? No, no, no. You were there for that, but they were they were the rock stars. Like they would party all night long, come in hungover to to set, and just be like ready to go. Right, and and that's <laughs> well, like yeah, it's like you you wouldn't hear anybody else tell stories about their co stars like that, but you know <laughs> they wouldn't care because that's the way that they are over there. Fair enough. And then it came to Katie Lotz. Uh, did you see that one? I, I was there for that one. Okay, so she did say that, you know, if someone asked her if she wasn't working for DC and she got to work for Marvel, who would she like to be? Mm-hmm. And she said she would really like to be the Black Widow. Like, that would be yep. the character she would love to play. And she said, I'd have to dye my, head red, dye my hair red. But and then I'd be like, well, she doesn't know that there is a blonde Black Widow. She could be the second one. That's true. <laughs> she mm. just had to learn to do a, <laughs> a Russian accent, but you know, it could it could work out. They're, they're going to make a Black Widow movie. Why not have Black Widow go up against the second Black Widow? Yeah, they could actually. They, they've got it a character cool. sitting there on the shelves, and you know that's that's one of the tough things about characters like like the Falcon, for example. Who's his rogues gallery? Yeah, you know, who's his Joker? That's true. You know, Black Widow, who's her main villain? So it's like, hey, take the other Black Widow, the Serpent and, you Society. Know, boom, Serpent. You know, there you go. You know, <laughs> well, the thing is, Serpent Society that that falls under Captain America's yeah, umbrella. Yeah, it's true. And they, you know, they're like, oh, well, yeah, I really hate Diamondback. Well, why? Well, because that was the only female of the group. You know, <laughs> but it'd be nice if they had like a character that's like, all right, no, this one, like, isn't it Yelena? Isn't that the blonde hair? Yeah, one? yeah, Yelena. Boom! There is the perfect because it's like they both went through the Black Widow training. They both had that, you know, that, that promise of being the top dog, and Yelena didn't live up to it because she had no honor. And it's like that's why she's gonna hate Natasha that much. Well, more, I would have it know? the other way around. Be that Natasha's the one that's hated because she well, she's true. not working she for the Russian. American. She's American. She works yeah. for Shield now. Ah, so that's, that's a good point too. Yeah, where it's like you're a dog. You know, you went over to their side. You didn't stick with us when you should have. Right. That's a good point. That's, so, that's a better play. And actually, I think that's what's neat about it is technically both characters are right. It's just Natasha's right because she's on our side. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then I like the, I mean, uh, I like the idea that she talked about her, her dancing background and how she got into martial arts and parkour, which really makes her white canary character like all that more authentic to me watching yeah. her. You know, like it shows that maybe she she's probably she's not doing all the stunts herself because she even talks about how her stunt double does that stuff. But like the idea that she can uh, do some of the choreography, the stunt choreography was just that much cooler. Did she talk about Mad Men at all? She did. She yes, talked a tell lot about me. Mad Men. I, I didn't even know she was in Mad Men until the, that panel. Yep. But she talked about she like she when she first went up to it, she didn't know that it was such a big show. She didn't understand what what, what it was, but it she was, was like her first job. Yeah, it was her first acting Hello, job. First job. <laughs> and uh, and she was just like you know John Hamm was a great guy to work with, and it was it was just it was all new experience for her. So she talked about it. It was it was it was awesome. Which I like I said I had no idea she was on Batman. I didn't even I didn't watch the show, so I didn't know. Oh, that's awesome! Damn. But uh, yeah, so you know those three were probably some of the better. Well, Katie Lotz. I love you and all, but you know you, you weren't too energetic in answering no. your questions. No, she really wasn't. <laughs> she was pretty uh, deadpan, kind of. <laughs> I don't know if it's just the Arizona heat that got to her. I mean, it was a pretty hot day. It's true, but you know it was so. But uh, David Ramsey was was amazing. He was up all over the place. He was he was uh, moving the chairs and and like talking to people and stuff. So it was it was, it was the same with Alex Kingston. 
So uh, I had a great time. I thought it was an it was a pretty good con. Uh, if it wasn't for the heat, which just was unbearable, anytime you went outside, <laughs> I, I you know I tried to stay inside. But yeah, uh, so that's all we have to say for this week. We're we're, we're going into a little bit overtime, but uh, <laughs> well worth it. You guys did some uh, some really great info for uh, Rebirth, which I know I need to get on. And you know, with the summer up. Uh, a lot of TV shows aren't, aren't on TV right now. <laughs> right. Reading comics keeps you indoors. <laughs> and reading comics keeps me indoors. I will have to uh, get right back into it. And jump in on Civil War II. That's Civil War II, that's, actually. That's going to be... Um, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but it's, it's on my list for oh sure. Oh, my God. Issue... Like, there's there's two zero issues, okay? Right. Um, the there's free two zero comic issues. Book day. Yeah, the free comic book day, and then the actual zero issue, mm-hmm. and then issue one, which... Holy cow! I don't want to spoil it for you. I mean, right. I'm sure you've seen it online, but uh, if not, I'll, I'll I won't I won't be that guy. Um, wow! Today issue two came out. I'm looking forward to reading that because yeah. And and then we've got obviously there's the Spider-Man spinoff and stuff like that. So I mean, pick and choose the spinoffs you want. I have a feeling again it'll Read be kind of because we were talking about this with the original Civil War. <laughs> They're essential. They're you know, all uh, of them are essential. Probably like the Captain America and Iron Man and Captain Marvel books, but the rest are going to be you know <laughs> well because like that was a shame. Like I thought Civil War did a good job, and I was reading an article off of Comic Book Resources, and the the author of that article brought that to light. He's like, yeah, in the Civil War book, Sue left Reed. She was like, you know what? I because of what happened to my brother, because of the way you're acting, I have to leave you. I'm not leaving you in anger, but if I stay, it will be anger. Right. And then in the Fantastic Four book, Reed is just like, get the hell out of here, get the hell out of you, hussy. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, whoa. Now, granted, yes, the, the Fantastic Four book probably was when he was talking to one of his friends, like, oh, hey, Hank, this is what's what I wrong, told Reed? her. Well, this is what I told her. I told her get the hell out, take your invisible hussy ass and leave. <laughs> That's what I told her, I swear. Hank's like, yeah, I know. I, I told Janet the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking scroll. <laughs> so there you go. If you have something you want to talk about. Either read feed, Saga. Oh, read Saga, yes. It's amazing. Everybody and their mom tells me to read Saga. So, it, uh, And I know GT has been a huge fan of it. As got of, it sitting over there. It, it's you sitting need to right read there it. on the shelf. And I will read it. I will get to it. Uh, the I was just li- I was just listening to a a podcast. Uh, it was actually a Doug Loves Movies podcast where they had the lead singer from Dirty Heads on as a contestant in his show, and he was talking up Saga. Like, wow! He was talking about how it's the best book. The first eighteen issues are amazing. So it's the you know that's what that that's book what is. that book is, and he he gave it away as a prize. So that's awesome. what it was amazing. So, he believes in it enough. That's, he, that's yeah, big. Yeah, yeah. So. So there you go. Read Saga. So if you have something to say about Saga, Phoenix Comic Con, DC Rebirth, or Marvel Civil War Two, please talk to us. Come and to us on, on on Facebook. Come to us on our website. Come to us on on Twitter. And one more thing. One more thing I want to throw out there just to maybe spark some conversations. I know it's going to be a bit of a chore to read because it'll be a chore for me to read as well. Uh, let's see. Dark Knight Returns: The Last Crusade. So. Oh, good old God. Frank Miller teams up with amazing John Romita Jr. Oh, Jesus. And That's they, the worst they, they talk team about, ever. They talk about the prequel to where we got to where we got. So, obviously, what's the big item of conversation? Jason Todd. I am very curious to see what they would have done. So, I'll, oh, I'll admit I'm God. willing to sit down and read it. 
If you guys want to talk about it, that'd be an interesting conversation. So I just ask you to keep an open mind. Try it out. If you don't want to, you don't have to, but I'm just just curious. So throw that out there for the listeners as well. Oh, I'll hate read that. I'll, I'll hate read it too. Dark Knight Crusade. Dark, Good the God. Dark Knight Last Crusade. Dark Knight Last Crusade. So Got it comes it. out on the um, numerical date of 15 June. 15th of June. So oh, you have your assignments, folks. Uh, next week we'll have a character 101, so make sure you tune in for that. Uh, Ooh, who's it going to be? I believe all it, of them. <laughs> Sweet, that's right. Because you're you're trying you're Let's do this. Go, you're challenging them all. Chris Jeetsy, <laughs> where can people find you? Uh, wizard www.yzerd on things on Twitter and Facebook, pretty much everything and except any, Xbox Live. You can probably Google it. You'll probably find them. Probably. <laughs> uh, Franny, where can they find you? Stuff I should say should being spelled S H U D. That's the Twitter one. And then you can usually catch me on Geek Elite on Facebook. And then I am at agent underscore of the underscore bat on Twitter. And at Geek Elite Radio is Twitter as well. And as we said, Facebook is a, is a place where we have most of our conversations. So with all that being said, make sure you tune in next week. This has been Imagine If on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying always remember to geek, geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs>